0: of the Christ child. So Lord, speak into these words today about the story of the Magi and about their journey and about our journey in 2021 and the obstacles we might face and the ways that we can celebrate and that we can worship and that we can discover and that we can find the Christ child in our lives. May one word today to speak to our hearts the most. Or may many words speak to our hearts this most today. Most of all, may we find light in the midst of whatever darkness that we're going through. May that star shine brightly. and May we follow it to wherever it is that Christ wants us to go. And we ask these things in this new year, in this new way, in this new normal. The people of God said together, both here and at home, Amen. So what's the most valuable thing that you've ever found? Maybe something you lost. Maybe something you just found. I mean, maybe you're just walking down the street and and you found something. Maybe it was a job. The job of a lifetime. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe, 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 whatever. Whatever. But whatever it was, what made it so valuable to you? Was it the finding? Was it the value of the item? Finding. The kings, the magi, the wise men, found a king. You see, in many in other countries, like parts of Latin America, Judy Jones, close your ears, Donna step. close your ears. Dia de los Tres Santos Reyes, Three Kings Day. Epiphany takes on a much larger significance than it does for us in the U.S., like Christmas Day does. I'm the last person in my neighborhood with lights on just about. And they'll still stay on and there's stars burning now and the kings are moving closer to the nativity. And people just think I'm weird. This is the celebration liturgical year where we celebrate the Magi finding the Christ child. Some think the practice of giving gifts originated with Epiphany as children would leave out food for the Magi and hay for the Magi to feed the animals they came in on on Epiphany Eve. And the children would wake up the next morning to find the hay gone but replaced with gifts or candy. Sound familiar? And that tradition goes way before St. Nicholas. And among many families, it's an extra time for sharing gifts. Or the only time they actually give gifts is on Epiphany. In some places, the gifts are very humble. In other places, time for a family reunion, for carol singing, attending a special church service, or three kings cake, like usually we would have right now after the service and eating together. In whatever way Epiphany is celebrated or not, it's a reminder that the Magi kneeling and worshiping and offering gifts to Jesus, that Jesus truly is a Messiah for all people, not just for the Jews. Like all the Jews thought, they never included anybody else beyond themselves in the Messiah, but God did. that's why the early church celebrated Epiphany way before they ever celebrated Christmas Day. Because it was important to them. Epiphany is also a transition Sunday. It's the ending of the Christmas season. And this transition is the third stage in the cycle of light and the cycle of the Nativity from Advent to Christmas and Epiphany. It's a reminder. It's a reminder to us that much as Christmas is a day and a season in the lectionary calendar, so is Epiphany. And in some traditions, it lasts as long, depending on the date of Easter, until Ash Wednesday. And it all begins with one passage at the beginning of Matthew 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. Now the Magi were not wise men in the sense of merely being intelligent. The word Magi, which is sometimes translated wise men, is the root from which we get our word, what do you think? Add a C to it. Magic doesn't make them all magicians in the present sense of the word. But the Magi's also were not king. Despite the name of the hymn we love, We Three Kings, or even because some of us call us this day, Three Kings Day. Neither were they kings, nor were there three, more than likely. But some of them were learned men in general who studied the physical world and were knowledgeable about many things, including the stars. And they were likely educated in rich Gentiles trying to discern the will of the heavens, the stars. Especially about the birth of future royalty. Because Magi were often court astronomers who were consulted by the rulers of the day for guidance in affairs of the state. It's also true of much earlier times. For example, during the Babylonian captivity of the Jews, some 500 years earlier, King Nebuchadnezzar kept a stable of court magi. And so it really begs the question, the question that I've always asked, so why would these pagan astrologers care about a Jewish king in the first place to want to come? Well, the Magi were likely the same priestly court that Daniel served. Remember Daniel the prophet, Daniel the lion's den, that Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar made the Jewish prophet Daniel chief magus of his court, where Daniel was able to interpret a dream that the other Magi could not. That's a whole part of his story. And there were Magi of various schools, and some were most more respected than others. We know something a particular, prestigious school of Magi from the writings of Philo. See, Philo was a Jewish philosopher, contemporary of Jesus, who lived in the large Jewish community of Alexandria, Egypt. And Philo wrote in praise of an Eastern school of Magi and their great learning and understanding of the natural world. They were the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And this school may be the one descended from the Babylonian Magi of Daniel's day. Because Matthew does report the wise men were from the east. That's an important piece. And that Babylon is east of Judea. And it was at one time part of the Persian Empire, which ties in with Philo. So it's possible that the wise men were part of this prestigious eastern school. And this would also account why Herod would give them an audience in the first place. Because normally they didn't listen to pagans telling them anything. And for his strong reaction to the news they brought because he believed them. Verse 2, they asked, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We've seen the star in the east and we've come to honor him. God puts a special star in the sky in the right place at the right time somewhere two years earlier and the star was in the part of the sky that was associated with and made people think of Israel no matter where they were. We all had a chance to see a Christmas star but that was not actually the Bethlehem star. Johann Kepler thought that Jupiter and Saturn may have been what the wise men saw but research even as New is four years ago. talks about the fact of Jupiter, yes, and Saturn, yes, in some ways, but Regulus. And Regulus means king. And that all of those align together for the first time. And won't for 15,000 years, something like that. Again. We're all lined up. So imagine what you thought about two stars being lined up. Two planets being lined up like that. And imagine if you had stars and planets aligned even more so. And so when King Herod heard this, he was troubled. And everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. And the motives of the Magi in coming to Jerusalem tell us a great deal more about them. They wanted to worship a Jewish king. And, like I said, it can't be proven from the text, but it's quite possible that some of the Magi were of a Jewish remnant from Daniel's day. So, Daniel had passed this down to them to wait, to look, and to find when the time would finally come from generation to generation. It also explains why Philo, a Jewish philosopher, would admire them, why they were watching in the sky. For things that are Jewish, why they wanted to worship a Jewish king, and why they were taken so seriously by Herod and the priests. But see how different the quest of the Magi is from Herod's quest. Herod is disturbed by the news, and the Magi are rejoicing. And that's so surprising and even ironic because Herod was supposed to be a Jewish ruler. And if he were a faithful Jew, wouldn't we expect his response to be rejoicing in the news of a Messiah instead of fear? And that leads us to wonder why, too. Why do you think Matthew, the only gospel to include this story, includes this story in the first place? I encourage you to write down what you think the answer to that might be, but... I think he might be foreshadowing the fact that those in power and in control like another Herod, his son, and the teachers and the chief leaders comprising the Sanhedrin, Jerusalem's ruling council, are going to be fearful of Jesus as he reveals himself later in life when Matthew is writing. So it's hard for us to understand just how very troubled Herod and Jerusalem became at the Magi's news. Historians tell us that respect for the stars and guidance derived from them was at its peak during this time of history. And both ancient historians and the Bible make it clear that the Jews of this period expected a Jewish ruler to arise during their time based upon the Jewish prophecy. And it was accepted that a star could announce his arrival. So he gathered, Herod gathered all the chief priests, the legal experts, asked them to where is the Christ to be born? And what are the characteristics according to Isaiah, which is where the other text is for today, of the time when the Messiah comes? And the words you see again in that text, which we'll read in a second, are glory and light and And even darkness. And Isaiah 60 says this Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory is shown upon you. Though darkness covers the earth and glooms the nations, the Lord will shine upon you. God's glory will appear over you. Aren't those great words for right now? In the same place that we find ourselves, in the darkness, looking for light? Arise, shine, your light has come. Not past tense. The present and future. And then gathering of people near and far will experience joy and abundance. Because it says nations will come to your light and kings to your dawning radiance. So you can see how Matthew would attach Isaiah to these magi. And then the prophet Micah had prophesied about the place of the Messiah's birth centuries earlier. And that's what the experts are telling Herod about. Because apparently he doesn't remember the prophecies he even has as a Jew. As for you, Bethlehem of Ephrathah. Though you are the least significant of Judah's forces, one who is to be a ruler in Israel on my behalf will come out from you. His origin is from remote times, from ancient days. Therefore, he will give them up up until the time when she who is in labor gives birth. The rest of his kin will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. They will dwell secure because he will surely be... Become great throughout the earth. He will become one of peace. That's the whole prophecy. The one we probably don't look back at when we just listen to the chief priests tell their version. So then Herod secretly called for the magi and found out from them the time when the star first appeared. So Herod took the magi's message as factual. And he consulted the Jewish expert about the location of the birth. And that faithful verse in the book of Micah, which is quoted by Herod, by the Jewish expert, soon resulted in the death of many little boys under the age of two in the old little town of Bethlehem. And so once he knew, he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him report to me so that I too may go and honor him. What does it mean to honor Christ in our lives? Is Herod honoring Christ? Is Herod's plan to honor Christ when they find him? But what does it mean in our own lives? Do we really honor him? How are we going to honor Him in 2021 in our actions, our thoughts, our deeds? When they heard the king, they went and looked. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. You might not realize it, but it doesn't mean the star was needed to guide the travelers to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was only and is only five miles south of Jerusalem. You can't miss it. But the star appears ahead of them as they trek south, not so much as a guide, as a future confirmation of the signs they had seen. And they were so excited. And the question is, and I wish I had more time to go into it, can a star stop? And the answer to that is, yes it can. In astronomy. There's a whole thing about that. And it's pretty amazing that it appears to stop in the sky as it goes back along its path in retrograde. And they entered the house, saw the child with Mary, his mother, falling to their knees. They honored him. There's that word again. They honored him. I mean, if you were Mary or Joseph, what would your reaction have been to the visit of the Magi? And here are these great people kneeling before you with these amazing gifts. You don't know they're coming. They didn't call ahead. They just came to the door of the house. And the births already happened a long time ago. And so you're just living your life, you know, with your toddler running around. Anybody as a toddler knows how that is. Life is Chaos. And then you get a knock on the door. Nowadays, you get a knock on the door, you get really surprised because nobody knocks anymore, does anything. And then they walk up. Would you be confused? Would you be hopeful? Awe-inspired? Excited by the gifts? Would you be fearful or joyful? Or how would you feel when those wise men came to your door, Dana, and woke Cyrus up and... You wouldn't like that, would you? Very apprehensive. Then they opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And at the finding of the Christ child, the Magi gave them these things. That these Gentiles would be given homage like this, would give homage like this, and the gifts to one they identified as a Jewish king, is completely astonishing. And their gifts would have been highly unusual to a working class family such as Joseph and Mary. My gifts are in my office, but look exactly like that. These little bits of rock that were worth lots of money, all three. Likely, the gold symbolized royalty. The incense relates to Jesus, as the high priest, and the myrrh is a burial spice, and also deadens pain. You know what else they're good for? Paying for everything in Egypt when you have to flee with your family, because they don't have jobs or anything, as far as we know. They're living in the in-between state. What are you called to give? I mean, what are we called to give Jesus this year? We're in January. You know, it's time for resolutions. Time to break in by the end of January. I mean, you know, get ready to start reading that Bible again. Like I told you before, do not read it in the order that you find it like this. Or you'll end up by, Le- by Leviticus and Numbers. You'll already be eyes glazed over and done. Chronological Bible is a great way to do that. Or start in the text of the New Testament. A little bit old. Whatever it is, what are, you, what are you going to give? There's so many things we can't give. You know, we, we can't give the gift of our presence in this place, for instance, right now. So we can't give that. So it doesn't mean we can't give our presence in other ways. It's a time to join that small group. Now it's easier than any time in the world to join a small group because you can do it online. It's a time to really delve into your prayer life, your devotional life keep carving out that same time we've had since March. And that we have talked about, I heard people post about and and share about and have all year about finding this new rhythm. Well, what's that new part of the rhythm for this year? What else can you add to that or change about that? And then verse 12, because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. So these magi were very attuned to dreams in the first place, received this dream that tells them not to go back. Sound like anybody else who received dreams? And so the magi were willing to travel great distances, something like 700 miles, and risk their safety in hopes of finding what the star was pointing to. How do we, as Jesus' disciples, travel a similar journey? We have certainly been on a different journey for all of 2020, and unfortunately, that continues into the days of 2021. Like I said earlier, there was no magic snap and the ball dropped, which I missed because they went over to New Orleans instead of staying with New York at 12 o'clock our time. Anybody else missed that too? Never got to see it. But the ball didn't drop in the middle of Times Square and there's nobody there pretty much except for essential workers, thankful for them. We're going to have to change the things ourselves, not wait for some magical change to happen on the outside. That life's going to return to normal and then we'll get back to the things we need to get back to. We're going to have to continue to plot ahead to move forward. It's unlikely it's likely to get darker before the dawn, so where are we going to find the light during that time when it all seems so scattered and so dark? Well, there's a word that ties together both of these texts, Isaiah 60 and Matthew 2. And that word is find. Say find with me both here and at home. Find. Find, find. There's a movement towards the new king who's be born in Bethlehem, in both of these texts. And according to Isaiah's prophecy, the land of Israel will witness how nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And the text makes reference to young camels of Midian and Ephra and Sheba will come with gold and frankincense, which is exactly how you tie those things together, to proclaim the praise of the Lord. Countless camels will cover your land. Young camels, they will all come from Sheba carrying gold and incense. What kings would deserve? And in the Gospel of Matthew, the visit of the Magi is also about rendering praise not to a land, but to a king. So, how are we going to render our praise to our king this year? And both of these texts are an invitation to give honor and glory and praise to God who has acted in favor of the covenant people and who has come to us through the Messiah. He's still come, He's still here. you've already packed up your decorations for Christmas, He's not in the box. He's still with us. He doesn't need a season or a time or a date to be able to celebrate and honor and to worship Him. We should be honoring and worshiping Him every day of our life. Amen? Not just during a time when we all get together and think, This is great. Now we'll just pack it all up. I hope we're not packing up Christ with all of that. And then the gospel the wise men from the east had a brief encounter with king Herod and we know that Herod's ulterior motive when having when having what seemed like an honest and sincere conversation with his visitors was he begins to tend to begin a search to for the newborn king to get rid of him. And because of that, once again, a dream. Joseph, who's heard dreams before. And all of a sudden, they have to flee. And it's not like you see sometimes, like it's a morning after the birth kind of thing. They've been around for a while. Got their life settled down. Everything's in order. And then all of a sudden, they're told, we got to get out. So how would you like somebody to come into your house all of a sudden and tell we got to get out now? People on 2nd Avenue... Waking up on Christmas Day, you got to get out now. There's an RV out there playing Petula Clark and saying, get out, there's a bomb. The guests that were here from, that, from some other place, the only ones who probably didn't hear it because they were, they were spending, spending the night, you got to get out. You see them running down the street in the video, you've got to get out now. It's danger. You can't wait. Grab those three gifts you just got and let's get out of here. About 60 years earlier, in 63 B.C., the Magi had presented a similar thing to the Roman Senate. And they described that a new ruler was going to be born. Know what the Romans did? The Senate responded by ordering the death of baby boys in the Canada's age range. Sound familiar? You see, Herod was actually probably following what the Romans had already done before. To destroy anybody who might be king. And take their place. That's why the people were really troubled. Because they kind of knew that what happens is all of our kids, all of a sudden, are now going to be under suspect. And then, once the Magi went to Bethlehem and were welcomed by Joseph and Mary, what was the first thing that they did? They bowed down, they kneeled, they honored the newborn child. First thing. Is that the first thing that we do in our lives? Kneel and honor God. Epiphany can lead us in many different journeys in this new land of 2021. Maybe it's a spiritual journey that takes you to Jesus in a new way this year. I mentioned earlier in prayer and devotional. Stephanie's going to read the chronological Bible she posted on Facebook. What a great way to start. Whatever it is. Maybe you started that journey last January and by March you're like, Well, this is out the window. This isn't going to work at all. As you were pivoting during a pandemic. Or maybe it's looking and listening for leadings from God, divine signs on our path that point us to where God wants us to go. Or the importance of the stewardship of our lives. Maybe it's our time and our talent and our treasure. We need to be able to look at how we worship God. Are we really worshiping God with all the gifts that we have? And Matthew says, They set out, and there ahead of them went the star, and they had seen it at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. Where are those places where Jesus is and where we need to stop? And to find him because he's already there. Is it where the homeless live? Is that a hospice where someone's facing the very last hours of their life? Is it the hungry, the imprisoned? At every opportunity our where people are longing for the light of Christ, the Christ of Epiphany is already there. And that light is already within us. Are we going to share that light with others during their darkest times? And then Epiphany can take us in the direction of following the star in terms of convenient grace. That is how God's already been working in our lives before we even realize it. And God's working in our lives this past year in lots of ways. That we may not be fully aware of all of them. Or following the star in terms of a new direction God wants us to take. Or following the star in terms of discernment. Or what decision or new project or new relationship, new habit, new adjustment do we need to follow through on that will ultimately bring honor in the name of Christ? And what does it look like during this time when we feel like we have one arm tied behind our back to do the things that we feel like Christ is calling us to do? There's one last thing it says in both texts that I left out of the original. I saved my favorite verse from Matthew's story until the end. It's verse 10. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Exceedingly great joy. We are to be thrilled and rejoicing. And believe me, I know that's harder than it sounds. In Isaiah, they will come proclaiming the Lord's praises. So do we notice how God blesses us? Or only the things that are broken? Do we stop and give God praise for all that has brought joy and happiness to our existence this past year? That's what we have to focus on. I know that's hard right now, but there are those moments of joy. Maybe they're not as many moments as you had before. Maybe they're greater. I, I don't know. But I do know that those moments of joy are what are going to get us through. But those moments of joy, those, maybe they're really small. You know, maybe it's just the opportunity you've had to do something you couldn't do. Or maybe it's really large. But whatever it is, we have to focus on those moments of joy, not on the things that we can't do and couldn't do. So where are you going to find those moments where God has brought you joy and will bring you joy in the future? And how do we make a welcome that is fit for a king in our own lives? In all of these days of 2021. Amen. So I want to invite you to do something different this year. Psalm 91 still has a special place in my heart, but I thought why don't we take a journey through the Psalms during these little pieces at the end of the service each week. There's a different psalm in each one of the lectionary passages for each part of the week. And so today's psalm is from Psalm 147, 12 through 20. So hear these words. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For He strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He grants peace within your borders. He fills you with the finest of wheat. He sends out His command to the earth. His words run swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down hail like crumbs. Who can stand before his coal? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his winds blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and ordinances to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his ordinances. Praise the Lord. A song of David. So I want to invite you to gather in your house. Communion elements, whatever it might be, you might have something left over from Christmas Eve still. You might pick some more up. I would continue just to keep picking those up. We'll keep making them available uh, as we gather together and prepare our hearts this morning to be able to celebrate that Holy Communion here in a minute. And so by the light of the star, God led travelers to the Christ child. And when they saw the child, they were overwhelmed with joy. By the light of divine love, God leads us to this holy meal. Gathered together, we encounter the living Christ and taste, the deep joy. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up my Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God.
1: It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a joyful and joyous thing to lift our hearts and hands to you, God of light and love. And thanksgiving for your gift of grace. Before we knew the unsearchable riches of your child Jesus, we walked in the shadows and cloud. But now, as you reveal radiance in the world, we join the hymn sung in glory without an end. Holy,
0: Holy God, God, grace, grace revealed. revealed. Heaven, Heaven and earth, earth are, are full, of full of your glory. glory. Blessed is the one who comes in your name. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed are you, Creator God, and blessed is your child Jesus. You sent a star to guide wise men to where the Christ was born in your signs and witnesses. And in every age and throughout all the world, you have led your people from far places to his light. And while wise ones brought him gold incense and myrrh, he grew to reveal to us countless treasures radiant with life and grace, revealing the shining mystery which is you, our light and salvation. Jesus broke bread and broke open your love for us. And on the night when he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave the disciples and said, "Take, eat. This is my body." which is given for you.
1: He blessed the cup, and you poured out mercy for the world. When the supper was over, He took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to His disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is My blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you do in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith.
0: Christ 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 was promised... Christ is born. Christ will dwell among us. Pour out your Holy Spirit and us gathered here on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. Come, Spirit, dwell among us, your sons and daughters. Gather here together to feast at this table. Use us to reveal your gifts of love and light for the world. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, Honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. And everybody both here and at home said, Amen. So I invite you at home to gather whatever elements you're using. If you still have some of these little chalices uh, from Christmas Eve. Then remember to turn it over and to be able to pull off the bottom part where the bread is first and then turn it back over and pull off the second. And once everybody up here has one, then we will open them up. Prepare your bread, whatever that might be. The body of Christ broken and given in love for all of us. May 2021 be our closest year to Christ next. The blood of Christ given in love for all of us. The Magi, the wise men, the three kings. They prove that to the entire world. That the church exists for all. That salvation is for all. Not just for the Jewish of the covenant. But the covenant of blood established for all of us. May we drink this and remember we are part of the covenant. Now, let's listen to the words of a song. You think you know what it is, and we just, we just misprinted it, but that's not what it really is. It's an amazing song we happen to find, and I hope that it speaks to you. O oh, come, all you unfaithful. Let us pray. The light of the star, the light of God's love shines before you as you leave this place. Go in peace. Go in joy. Go in love to meet God's people in the world and greet them with the good news of salvation. Go forth and follow the star. And when you have found the child, tell the good news to the world. May the blessing of God's love fill your hearts with overwhelming joy. Everybody both here and at home said, Amen, as the sun streams in right through the window. And as that light pours in this window right now in the midst of the darkness of the clouds, if you saw it right now, it's shining in just one little spot, which happens to be where that little sign is. We're going to light candles. We've been doing this for several years, and it's a part of what we do, and to to remember this moment, and so I want to do it again today. Whatever candle you might have, if it's something smaller or something bigger, whatever you have, I want you to be able to light a candle as we sing this last song together. The world waits for a miracle. The heart longs for a little bit of hope. Oh, come, and come, Emmanuel! Our Christ has come. He is the hope of the world. He is the light of the world, and He has called us to be light for that world, no matter how small or big our little corner of it is. Be a light in the darkness. During this dark time. Amen. Go with God's grace today.